Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age. So parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're with me, the host, Terry Kirk, and my goofy sometimes co-host, my legendary son with the orange hair, Graham Kirk, is joining me. Hello. As we interview an amazing father and son who have an amazing podcast. Oh wait, it's us. (laughs) Sorry, dad joke. Yes, today we're shining the light on ourselves. We've got our own unique journey in the world of education, and we're excited to share with you about it. So you'll learn a little bit about our educational journey, things like why Graham never went to public school, and some of my philosophies on learning and education. We'll dive into some of our world schooling experiments, like the time we spent three months in Mexico and Guatemala. We'll also talk about how Graham is now doing in Galileo, which is a brand new online school that has a self-directed learning model. But all kinds of goodies to share that we hope you'll enjoy. So, Graham, first off, how, how long have we known each other? Basically my whole life. How long would that be? I'm 14 years old now, so that'd be 14 years. Yeah. Any brothers or sisters? I have one brother and one sister. Right. And what are their ages? My brother's a twin, so he's 14 as well, and my sister's 16. Twin brothers. How's that working for you? Not the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, teenage life. No short of drama in our house. And uh, where, where do you live? I live in Ontario, Canada. I was expecting you to say, I live in our house, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we live uh, just north of uh, the U.S., um, just on the Michigan border in a small little northern town, about 75,000. We've been, you've been here, yeah, your whole life, I guess, haven't you? Yep. In this one house your whole life, too. Yep. A little out of consistency in our, <clears throat> in our life. But you'll soon find out there's a few things that have been different. So um, let's tell everyone, what are some of the things that you're really into right now? What, what are things you're really enjoying? Well, I play a lot of guitar. I also do a bit of music making on the computer. I also like flying my drone, which here it's snowy, so I haven't been doing as much recently. But that's something I definitely like to do in summer. Yeah, I mean, you've been doing guitar for uh, a really long time. I think this is like my seventh year. Yeah, so you like play in the church and uh, do some stuff that's online and stuff too, which is kind of cool. Any thoughts on a career path yet? See, I get to ask the questions I've been wanting to ask on this interview because now we can't avoid them. So, Some sort of entrepreneur. Not sure exactly what I'll be doing yet, but... Oh, yeah. You should tell everyone uh, you've got a business going right now, don't you? You launched it. Uh, when, when did you launch that? Where you got paid clients, not just daddy clients? Uh, yeah. So I think I got my first paid client sometime last month. So that was the first time I got my first paying client. I launched my business a few months before that, but never gotten clients. And what kind of business is it? So I actually edit podcasts. So the podcast that you're hearing right now is one that I'll be editing. 
All right. So if you really like the audio, you know, send us a message. And if you really don't, send us a message too, because I'll know who to talk to. Um, but yeah, great. Fire me. <laughs> How can I fire you? I get my editing for free. Although I guess I'm helping you with your business. So I'll just make it bad. It's a win-win. But yeah, yeah. Graham started his business back in uh, September. And yeah, first paying client not too long ago. And now uh, you got tons of demand, which is super cool. We're looking to now try to grow your business because you've got more demand for your time than you have time, which is kind of cool. Yeah, good. And at the same time, not so good right now. Well, that's my job. My job is to help you uh, figure out how to, how to scale it so that, uh, I mean, eventually I can just retire because you'll take care of me. Hmm. Interesting thought. So let's see, what else do we talk about? Tell me a little bit about what you remember as far as your educational journey. What's it, what's it been like as far back as you can remember? Well, I've been homeschooled my whole life, so I've never gone to an actual school. Right. And by, by homeschooling, what are some of the things you remember? Because I mean, there's so many different flavors. Like if someone says homeschooling, it's like saying I have a car. There's so many types of cars. What, what did homeschooling look like for you? So I first started off with doing math and stuff in books. For a little while, I was on Khan Academy doing math and other topics like that, subjects. How did your days look? Pretty structured, pretty loose. Where would you spend a lot of your time? Pretty free, wasn't doing a whole lot. Probably a lot of YouTube. He does like YouTube, it's like every other kid out there. Just from the dad perspective, we did an interesting test with his older daughters. She was, the, she was in the test lab. And she went to uh, junior kindergarten for the year. And then in senior kindergarten, we decided to do a test. We, we had her, I don't know if you remember. I do. Okay, cool. So we had her going to school in the mornings and then coming home in the afternoons. And it was interesting to see kind of the split test. We found um, really after maybe it was a couple of months, maybe three months, I don't know, it wasn't very long, that she was really enjoying more the time at home. Um, she was a little bit bored even in, in kindergarten and both mother and I and Emily herself felt like being at home was, was the better fit. And so that was really the last taste of any of our kids had of formal school. And we set up a model where their mother was really the primary uh, teacher, if you will, but really like a very loose model. Someone might call it some flavor of unschooling, but you know, not using curriculum so much, but different programs here and there. But a lot of it was just about like life learning. So you kids have spent a lot of time in the kitchen, for example. That's probably my biggest thought around, you know, learning is that a lot of the learning's not been through like textbooks and stuff. But uh, you guys, all three are amazing in the kitchen. You guys can cook some pretty, pretty cool stuff, would you say? Yeah, I, I cook a lot. And so his birthday is like in a couple days. No, that's okay. tomorrow. Yeah, you still got to work on the menu for that. Yeah, so we're going to be making him some type of special dinner. Haven't figured it out yet. So yeah, so a lot of learning's really just been through life experience. I mean, you're really talented with, you're kind of like the, becoming like the fix-it guy locally in our house. Pretty good at not just gadget things, but just things in general. And, and that's been really, really fun and exciting. And, and just sharing that with you all, because I just want you to see that learning happens everywhere, right? Everything that you're doing involves learning and it's super, super valuable. So let's talk about some of the other things that have been really part of your experience growing up. And I think one, one really cool thing that's been there until, well, until COVID at least, has been couch surfing. So for those of you out there who don't know about couch surfing, can you kind of explain a little bit about what it's all about? So Couchsurfing is basically, well, it's a website or an app where people are traveling and they can request to stay at your house. 
So we haven't done it in a while. So I, it's actually a little bit harder to remember, but sometimes we'll get a lot of requests of people traveling through Canada that will want to stop by. We meet some really interesting people. And when we're traveling, a lot of the time they'll invite us to stay back at their house. So it's always cool meeting people again that we have met before. And I think that's really, you know, when we first did it, I don't know why I first did it. I think I just thought it was kind of cool and interesting, right? Get to meet different people and introduce them to, you know, your kids and, and yourself. And it just sounded like a really neat idea. A friend of ours was doing it. And at first, her mother was a little, a little nervous, you know, bringing a stranger into the house. And uh, sounds like a great idea. Well, we've hosted what, probably over 200 guests from just all different parts of the world. Really, really interesting people. And one of the things I really noticed about that is all of my kids really got really comfortable engaging with adults, with people from all different walks of life. I remember a lot of times they would uh, be sitting at the end of the driveway, kind of waiting for them to show up. So I think exposing people to a lot of different interesting people with different stories, and we do a lot of different things with them. Sometimes play music together or play games, do meals, even learning some language. And there's one, one guy, oh, I can't remember his name. We were learning on some Arabic, Mali and I, with, with him. And he brought like this huge stick that uh, he could twirl around and typically would light it up, but didn't do that at our house. You know, another guy who was from Russia and was walking around the world. He'd walked for like seven years up to the point where he stayed with us. So just what I noticed with my kids is we became a lot more interested in what's going on in the world and, and just getting to a lot, of, a lot of people. So that was one way to travel and bring the world to our doorstep without really having to go anywhere, which was really important to me for my kids to get more world perspectives, right? You know, meeting people from different faiths, for example, meeting people who are doing documentaries, recycling across Canada, documenting uh, sustainable farming and stuff like that. So a lot of really cool stuff. And I think part of that fed into then a desire for us to go out and see more of the world. So we went to an unschooling conference back in the day to New York, met a lot of other families who were doing something called uh, world schooling, among other things, which is this whole idea of traveling as a lifestyle and also seeing the world as your classroom, right? By going around in the world and experiencing it versus just kind of reading about it. So yeah, we decided to, or I decided, kind of warm up my family to it to try and experiment. Let's see if world schooling was something that we wanted to do like longer term. And so spent a bunch of time preparing for that. Decided to go down to, um, to Mexico and to Guatemala for three months, starting with, there was a, co uh, a conference. There were some other families. It was a world schooling conference um, by Lainey Liberty, who um, has been on my podcast a couple of times. So she had this project world school conference so that kind of kick it off for us. What would you like to say about, uh, about that experience for you? What are the, some of the things you remember that were kind of cool and interesting or challenging? So first off, it was very different being in Mexico than from here. There was a lot of street vendors, which I don't see people like that in our part of Canada. So yeah, it was pretty cool. We did a lot of hiking. We saw some pyramids, which were really cool to see in person and just meeting lots of different people. So that kind of goes back to the conference where I met a lot of other kids that were doing a similar thing to us, which was really cool. That's interesting you mentioned uh, food vendors. Yeah, there's a lot of cool ones. How were some of the foods you remember that we would buy from food vendors that were pretty awesome? So the thing that I remember most is mangoes because they would cut them oh, yeah. into like different shapes. Some guy made like trees. Yeah, mango trees. They're fun. Yeah. Oh man, those were so good. They're so sweet. They don't taste like cardboard. <laughs> I like the mangoes here, right? Yeah. Did they put, they put spices on them too, didn't they? Yeah, sometimes. So it'd be like a chili spice that actually went pretty well with it. 
Yeah, some some lime, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many good foods. Remember, Malia was just in love with elotes, which is like basically a cob of corn on a stick. And then they slap. Oh, I wasn't that big a fan of it. Slap what? Mayonnaise and mayonnaise, some mustard, ketchup, some, some, chili, some chili powder, too, I think. Yeah. Anyway, she really liked it. Um, I mean, it was good. Yeah, mayonnaise was a little much for me. Well, I remember there was a few key things that stood out for me for you. And I think one of them was busking. Yeah, I did did a lot of that. I was actually pretty young then. So it's funny thinking back to what I would be doing then. Yeah. How old were you then? I don't remember. (laughs) Well, I think it was 2015. So five years ago. So you would have been nine years old. Yeah. I thought maybe I was eight. So I was close. So yeah, so 2015 and yeah, I remember we, so in, in Mexico, they have like these, uh, these public squares, I forget the name, well, it's losing my Spanish and, uh, yeah, so they get, they'd gather and just kind of hang around and, and you'd often see musicians and whatnot. And so you and Malia did some too, yeah, did some, some violin, did some together and uh, yeah, it was just, it was amazing to see, you know, my son, nine years old in a different country, just out with his guitar playing some tunes it was a it wasn't a stand it wasn't a full guitar we had a smaller one it was a it was like a gitalele yeah so it's like the size of a ukulele except it has six strings on it like a guitar and same tuning and that's a funny story so i actually remember one time when we left the house and you forgot your wallet <laughs> so i busked and got some money and then we yeah. went to a bakery because yeah there's another part to that so yeah so i forgot my wallet oh and we were going to we were going to dinner yep we're going with, to someone else's house with this other world schooling family. And so I was going to pick up some stuff from the, the Paneria, which is like a bakery. Surprising a, a lot of bakeries in Mexico. They really like their baked goods. But anyway, yeah. So, you know, it, it's a little ways to walk down there and we're going to hang out in the square and yeah, I forgot my wallet. So I'm like, Hey Graham, um, I need you to make some money. So was that what started the busking? Is that your first time? No, I think I had done it a bit before that. I think I've done it like a day before in the same spot. Okay. All right, so we did a test run. But yeah, so anyway, so yeah, we, we went out busking. We went out busking. Graham went out busking. And uh, yeah, made a, made a bunch of pesos and uh, were able to, to buy some treats. So that was super cool. But then, you know, there's one other time I can think of that you were busking. And I have a photo of it that was just really moving for me. Down near um, Oaxaca, state of Oaxaca, I think. Close to the Guatemalan border. And again, in a public square. And I, I was further away this time. Just kind of sitting there watching and recording and taking photos. and. There was that one woman you're playing and she just stood there almost like transfixed for like, I don't know, four or five songs. And I just thought it was so cool to see this, this woman uh, really enjoying your music. What do you, what do you remember about that, that experience? So, yeah, I think she, she was standing there for a while. I think she recorded one or two of my songs to listen to them. So yeah, that was cool. And one other thing I'll add is there's like no one in Mexico that has orange hair. So when someone goes there that has orange hair, they think it's really cool and crazy. So I actually got a lot of people that wanted to take selfies with me, especially when I was busking. Because, you know, I'm playing guitar, I have orange hair, it's extra cool. Yeah, yeah, you were definitely a novelty. That's, that's part of uh, being a successful busker, right? You gotta, gotta stand out. So yeah, you had an advantage over uh, all the locals. So yeah, a lot of really great experiences. And, and that's, I think, really sums up really well um, my approach to uh, education and learning, which is really just to create containers, to create spaces for kids to thrive, right? To find out what they're really interested in, to expose them to different possibilities. And, and through that, find their path, find, find their interest. And I think that's really a, a good segue into Galileo. So we'll step back to last summer and 
at this point, you know, you guys are reaching the age of, you know, when kids go to high school. And your mother expressed to me at that point that she was really keen on having you all go to a local school. And that wasn't something that I particularly wanted necessarily, or they still wanted to explore some different options. And so that kind of spurred me to, to look online for different possibilities. And it's kind of an interesting experience. I didn't find a whole lot out there at first. And I found this homeschooling global summit, which Galileo actually was um, the one who organized it. And uh, it just blew my mind. So there's all these different, all these different possibilities out there that were, a lot of them were just kind of showing up on the scene, like quite new. And I knew I needed something that, you know, if I was going to provide something different that provided some help and support, right? So like traditional homeschooling, it's very much on the parents, unless they've got, you know, a really supportive community and, you know, programs that they can tap into uh, locally, which we didn't really have. But I also wanted something that would, you know, stretch Graham and, and help him explore his ideas and possibilities and, uh, but also be like encouraged and supported and, and challenged to find some accountability with people your age. Because uh, that's one thing that I'd say, if we look back on your, your time here is you've really been limited in kind of interactions with other kids and things you can do. And that's one thing that's really personally bothered me. So that's one thing I really was looking for is, you know, a chance to connect with other kids. You know, we're also like looking to do awesome things in the world. So, uh, yeah. So I first mentioned, I think, Galileo to you. And then Sora was another one we really looked at. Sora is also another amazing school. We didn't end up choosing them, but still my last interview actually was with Indra Sofian from, uh, from Sora. Definitely another great option. But hey, you weren't, you weren't too excited at first when I mentioned Galileo. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, I hadn't really experienced it and I didn't know what it was like, really. I had some assumptions about it, I guess. Well, and I think for you, part of it wasn't even just Galileo. I think it was it was something different. You're kind of used to doing your thing, you know, all those years, really lacking a lot of any kind of structure, to be honest. And I think there was also sort of that challenge of going from something comfortable to something that is kind of an unknown, would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I kind of had to dra- drag you along a little bit um, as we kind of explored some different options. So we went to like a Galileo uh, school day of sorts. We had like a, it was like a Galileo experience. We had like different presenters and things and you had a chance to talk to some kids, I think. And then we did that with Sora and Galileo seemed to be the, the better fit. And uh, yeah, so what were your first impressions of Galileo? Once, once we agreed to jump in and give it a try, um, what were those early days like for you? So it was... A fair bit different than I thought it would be, but I liked it. So there was a lot of clubs that I was into. So just, just to stop there for a second. So what, what were you thinking it would be like? You said it was different than what you thought it would be. So what, what were your, some of your, maybe some of your fears or worries around Galileo? Or what did you think it was going to be like before you, you went in? Were, weren't you sure what it was going to be about? No. Okay. So then, so then get started. And, and, and what did you notice right away? So there were a lot of kids that were around my age, which was something I had liked because that wasn't really something that I was used to before. I was used to kind of just learning on my own. So that's another different thing is learning with other people, which is something that I hadn't really done before a lot. So that was good. I've met a few different kids, which has been nice. And one thing that I like is it's a global school. So I'm meeting kids from all over the world. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's really important for me too. I noticed in you there was there was like a, a new drive, like a new energy that I was kind of hoping for. I think you you're like me in some ways. One one which is you kind of thrive on variety, you thrive on on new things, and so I think that that was exciting for you. And just uh, and then you got to dive into a bunch of topics that you're really interested in, right? Because like with the nano degrees and the clubs, 
with a self-directed model, the, the point of it is that the, the learner, right, you, you're picking the path with support from me, with support from staff and whatnot at, at uh, Galileo, but ultimately it's, it's your call. And so you can take as much as you want or as little as you want, but, you know, understanding the value of what you're in the, in the direction you're trying to go in. So, so with Galileo, they tried to give you like a lot of different options. So you can try different things and see if, if it's for you. So what are some of the things that you've tried at, at Galileo so far? So one thing I've been doing and enjoying is advanced 3D modeling. So I'm building some things in a software called Blender, which has been fun. And I'm learning some new things. There's also a filmmaking class, which I'm enjoying. And we're starting up a YouTube channel, actually. So that'll be fun. There's another class called Startup, which we basically learn to create our own businesses. Yeah, you, you guys had a little contest over uh, before Christmas, didn't you? Yeah. So basically, because there's different time zones and people from around the world, there's uh, Asia time and Asia Europe time, and there's America's time. So there's those two different groups, and then they're broken up between seniors and juniors. So I think it's like 12 plus and then under. So basically, we had a contest between those different groups, and we made a Redbubble product, and we wanted to see which one would sell best. Redbubble is like a website, right? We can sell stuff. Yeah, so it is, it's a print-on-demand service. So the one that my team created was a water bottle that said hello in all the different languages of Galileo students and I think a few extra. We just wanted to include those ones. Cool. Well, and I, I think probably one of my favorite Galileo stories for, for you is the running club. Okay, we're in Canada, right? It gets cold, like really cold, although this year's not been as cold. So get this. So we're starting November, okay? This, this guy, I mean, you, you did, we did do a 5k run early this summer, which was, you know, we trained up for that, which was pretty cool. But by and large, you're not really a runner guy, right? Right. Fair assumption. So he's like all excited. He's saying, dad, I'm going to do this running club. That's just starting up. And I'm thinking it's November, it's cold outside and it's running. How is it? My son was really excited about doing like running on a regular basis. To me, that, that really spoke to the power of, of, you know, what Galileo is, is doing, right? It's, it's encouraging and motivating kids to, to try new things and, and it's, and then to keep it fun, right? So it's like a, so it's like a leaderboard. You were tracking that for a while. He kind of tailed off a bit now, but there right. was one kid that was way too good. He was running half marathons each week. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's always going to be that, that star kid, right? Or in, in the mix, but yeah, I mean, you were up there on the leaderboard for, for quite a while going to the Y and, and running and hopefully once the lockdown's done again, um, hopefully it'll be done again soon in a few weeks and get back to the gym and do some more, some more running. I'll have to get outside again pretty soon. But, uh, but I was just really blown away by that. I, I didn't see that coming at all. And that's really the kind of thing that um, if you're as a parent, if you're listening, is, is really creating, creating that right environment, right, for our kids to thrive. And I think that's a really great example of, of how it can do that. So, I mean, other things with Galileo that I'm, I'm really excited about, I mean, they'll bring in like... Um, some really interesting people to have like conversations with. So like you, you attended one recently, right? It was a music producer and guitarist, right? From what's it, Venezuela? Uh, yeah. So he, he now lives in LA, but he's a music producer. He's a guitarist and he also works at Spotify doing some interesting stuff there. Yeah. So they get, they get to meet with a lot of interesting people and you know, Galileo, it's, it's only not quite two years old, so it's still pretty new. The whole model is still evolving, more new things coming in. Um, I know one of the things that's really cool that uh, is being worked on is like a, an exchange, right? So where your kid can live with another family for a while. 
being organized by a family in uh, Japan, I believe. No, you're going to send me off. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm all about getting you out of the nest and uh, me out of here. exploring the world, <laughs> especially in, in this age of COVID, right, where it's, it's so difficult to um, experience new things. But all that to say, so that's really worked well for us. Um, my, my daughter and, and uh, other son, your nemesis, uh, David, are doing different things. So David, for the first time, decided he wanted to uh, go to local high school. I think a lot of that's been driven by his need for um, social side. That seems to be really important for him right now. So he's getting a lot more of that um, by being in a local school. And also uh, my daughter, Malia, who's, who's older, she's been she's doing a lot of remote um, online learning stuff, kind of a mix of local school and um, just general Khan Academy and, and whatnot. So, so we just kind of gone down their own path. And for me, what's really important is just that they're enjoying their journey and it's helping them become the person they want to be. So far, Galileo's been a great success, would you say? Or yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of our our story. And um, just wanted to uh, yeah, kind of share kind of the, the backstory of the host behind uh, the modern education movement and and share some of our journey. And encourage you all um, to find your journey as well. So uh, hopefully the podcast is helping you do that. And in, in, in this coming year, it started in 2021. I'm looking to introduce a lot of other things too to help you um, find your right path. And if you have any thoughts or questions, definitely uh, you know shoot us uh, an email. Love to hear from you or find us on the socials. You find all that in in the show notes. You can also find us at moderneducationmovement.com. And uh, thanks again, Graham, for being with me on this uh, this podcast journey, this life journey together. And keeping the audio solid and um, really excited for everything you're doing and for what, uh, what's coming next, including my birthday dinner tomorrow. What would you say to anyone out there who's like, you know, maybe thinking about uh, a school like Galileo or, or no, just looking at their kids right now and realizing just how they're not enjoying their learning school experience, whatever it might be, and are thinking, you know, hmm, maybe, maybe Galileo might be a, a good fit. What would you say to them? I would say give it a try because it's not going to be for every family. But if it works for you, then that's great. And you tried something. And if it doesn't work, then that's okay. You can find something else out there. Exactly. I think right now, that's this is the time to experiment, right? When things are changing so much. And a lot of these schools like Galileo, you can pay on a monthly basis. So it's really a, a minimal amount of time and, and, and money to try things. And who knows? I mean, if it, if it lights up your kid, then you'll be so glad you gave it a shot. So thanks for listening. And Thanks for being on the show as my host and guest today, Graham. Yeah, you're welcome. See you next episode.